when Cleo passed away, and it's not that I wasn't activating my faith. I was dependent on my husband and the Lord, right? But now it is solely dependent upon the Lord and allowing his word to be a living word within my life. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I am here with Lindy and Katie, and we are your podcast hosts. And today, we actually have something really fun on Patreon that I want to tell you about first for our Patreon insiders. We had a retreat back in August with all of our communities where they came in town, and we had a few days together, and it was so much fun. And we had the opportunity to interview all of our communities and just talk about what God's done in their community, what they've learned. And so we're going to put all of those on Patreon little by little. And today, our story comes from Memphis. And so our very first interview is going to come from our Memphis team, which which was really one of our very first teams a few years ago. So you're going to hear me talk with the Memphis team. They're the best. We love <laughs> they them. Memphis. And they have not had a story in a little while. And so we're thrilled to bring you today's story, which is Rakesha. It was their first gathering in several months. And so we're so excited that they are back with great stories. Absolutely. And Rakesha's story is such a powerful reminder of the importance of really having God's Word as your foundation. Her story's hard. So be prepared for that a little bit um, in the journey that she has walked in losing her husband. But it is also filled with so much hope as she's just, as we titled it, clinging to God's promises that He is with her, and He's going to see her through. So I know her story is going to encourage you, especially if you're in a hard season right now. Katie and Robin, I cannot believe it is November. Thanksgiving is just a few <laughs> weeks away, y'all. The year's flying by. <laughs> As everyone is planning for January and 2024, we want to remind you that we have an incredible Bible study series. When God shows up, we have stories of hope and stories of freedom. And you can go to our website at storytellerslive.org and just click the Bible studies page and learn more about the two studies that we offer. These are grouped around our podcast episodes, and we have tied them to scripture and personal reflection. We have gotten incredible feedback, churches all over the country country have launched these in their women's ministry. And so we want to encourage you, I mean, whether you get a neighborhood group together or if you want to do this as a church, we would love to come alongside of you. So again, go to our website at storytellerslive.org Bible studies and check it out today. Here's Rakesha. Hi, everybody. I'm going to get through this. We are excited to be here, are we not? Yes, yes. I am super blessed. Let's just start right there. Super blessed to be here mentally. I just saw what the imprint is on the back of this shirt. And it simply says that there's a reason for your story. There's a reason for the hope that you have. And I am so blessed that the Lord has remained constant in my life so that I can grasp hold of this hope and be mindful that even on hard days and hard situations, the space is not for me. The space is for somebody who may not want to get through. She can, but she may not just want to get through because it's hard. And so I am thankful, grateful, and blessed to be here today to share My story, it started in my mother's womb, honestly. My mother said that the doctor shared with her, had had she not 
taking me to the emergency room that I wouldn't have lived through the night. And so whenever she shared that story with me, it, it, just, it really did give me preface to the things that I've had to endure in my life. The Lord chose me prior to even being in my mom's womb. And I never forget as a little girl, I'm a product of Vacation Bible School. Um, the Vacation Bible School bus used to come to the low income housing project that I grew up in and come and get the kids. And I was the only kid summer after summer. You know, at first it was a large group. And then I was the only peculiar kid who continued to attend that Bible study. And that's how I found Jesus. And I'm so thankful that he knew because I clearly didn't know. He knew that I was going to need him every step of the way. And so this morning, I just want you guys to know that this is definitely a story of endurance. It's super sad, super sad. But what I want you to pay attention to how caring God is and how intentional he is and how he orchestrates things to calm my nerves and to remind me that I am not in control of this thing, but he absolutely is. So show me the way I should go for to you. I entrust my life throughout my years. I have been blessed with the care and support I came to know the Lord at a very young age. While I grew up in a single parent household with a lot of love and intention from my mom, my father, and my grandparents, I can remember observing many influential adults throughout my life who loved each other and who cared about each other. And they were in the same household, raising their children with an unbreakable bond. And I decided that's what I want. I want to raise my children in a household, an unbreakable bond between my spouse and me. But then I want to also impart that to my children. So the care and the concern that the Lord has allowed to cross my path at an early age, as early as 10 years old, remains as a testament of his care in my late 30s. He continues to show me that he cares about me and that he's concerned about me and he has remained present. My husband and I met in high school during my ninth grade year. The Lord was present then. I will never forget how he pursued me. He was consistent and intentional. I was shy. Believe it or not, you guys would not believe that. I was shy. My mom tells me all the time, I don't know how this girl is because you didn't talk this much. So very intentional. Cleo was very intentional by ensuring that daily he stood with me prior to my carpool pickup. He was kind and caring towards me during our younger years a true gentleman, and obliged my every wish and command. So one funny story, when I was, I think I probably was like 19 or 20 years old, I was um, hosting a warm spirit uh, party. And I'll never forget calling Cleo, asking him for some banana noun letters. And so I asked him to bring them to me at that very moment. And don't you know that boy came? (laughs) I was like, where did this man come from? So he, you know, it was just simple things like that. So what did that prove to me? That was a green flag. You know, we know what red flags are. So that was a green flag. That was a green flag. He catered to my wants and needs in high school. The simplest request, he was everything. He exercised those same habits when we were married. Of course, there were ups and downs, turnarounds. You guys get it? That's another talk. 
<laughs> so Cleo was literally the adventure to my prudent personality. He literally believed, and I talked about believing, because by the time I married, I was a talker, right? But Cleo was a doer, and I'm talking about the Lord, but he's trying to live it and do other things too. And so there was just an example of the differences in our personalities. And so I also had a control habit, right? And so that goes back to what I said initially in terms of, you know, as you get older, through experiences come wisdom. And so thankfully, the Lord has spoken on behalf of someone else for me to release that control. Time and time again, I've said, oh, Lord, I surrender. But this last time, God allowing me to honestly surrender that has given me peace and a calm in my life. And so I thank God for the release. God remains present and he remains in control. As as I have become wiser, I am happy to release those things that are beyond my control to the one who has my best interest at heart. So Cleo and I married June 9, 2007. In July 2008, we learned that we would become parents, February 2009. To our dismay, we had a miscarriage during October 2008. We had become pregnant again, December 2008, and added despair invaded our space again, April 2009. I had another miscarriage. So the first time I was 19 weeks pregnant, and the second time I was 17 weeks pregnant. During during both of the circumstances, the Lord was present. He was always there. And so even in those moments when I questioned, would I ever have my own biological children? He was there. Even in this unsurmountable moment within our lives, where will we turn to? Sometimes people become faithless. Sometimes people question God in searching for answers Sometimes you search for despair. And so we chose to be hopeful in a situation that seemed that seemed as though we were going to have to turn to adoption. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but I wanted to have my children biologically. So it was not a time for our faith to turn on God because of our losses. We decided to continue to rest in his care. We consulted right before our third pregnancy. We consulted with a God sin, OBGYN, and the Lord's care and concern it propelled. Surprised so to completing grad school in May 2010, God allowed me to become pregnant in February 2010. Yes, you guessed it. February is love month. <laughs> so all the things happened in February 2010. It was during this divine plan that I had become pregnant graduated from my master's program and scheduled to be on bed rest. God is all knowing. Okay. So I became pregnant February, 2010. I finished my master's program, May, 2010. Didn't know I was going to have to be on bed rest, but the Lord knew. So I graduated the week prior to going on bed rest with chance. And so God's supernatural power allowed us to birth our first baby girl. She was full term. She was born November the 19th, 2010. Divine plan. Is that not divinity? Only God's presence and care could have designed such a strategy to mend our hearts and bless us with our first living miracle. So my grandmother, with her wisdom, she says to Cleo and I, 
You guys should have another baby. And I'm saying, girl, don't you know, I just, I had a blood transfusion with Chance. I almost lost my life. She's my third pregnancy. It is not that easy, grandmother. So she continued to encourage us to do so. I was not in agreement, but Cleo was super supportive and he was in agreement. So we began trying again in March 2014. And finally, we got pregnant August 2014. So just as with my third pregnancy, I was on bed rest for five months. God's supernatural power allowed us to birth our baby girl full term on June 6, 2015. So unbeknownst to me, December 13th, 2017, would change my household status as a loving and caring mommy and wife to a loving, caring, frustrated and miserable single mom. Our typical daily routine occurred. We arrived home. My husband helped Chance with her homework. He walked out of the house for work. And prior to leaving, he told Chance, I will be home earlier, Tinkerbell. The next morning was unusual, but I continued with my routine. It was pretty quiet. It was peaceful. I was at ease. I took Chance to school. And because Cleo had not gotten home, I took Riley with me, not knowing why he had not arrived home. So later that morning, after countless attempts to reach me, my family was trying to contact me. I um, didn't have service in the home that I was in that particular day. I learned hours later that my husband had been killed in a car accident by an 18 wheeler in front of my church, five minutes from my house. Changed my life forever, changed my perspective forever. So when you see me around here acting crazy and wild and nobody's that happy because it took a lot to get to this space. Changed my urgency forever, changed my heart forever, changed my household forever. Welcome, Rakesha, to the world of single parenting where I did not want to be because I grew up like that. And I wanted my children to have the gift of their mother and their father because that's the best gift that you can give to your children is you don't have to figure out what love looks like. You don't have to figure out how love feels between a man and a woman, but you can experience that first in your own home. And so when that happened, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. It's like, okay, God, I did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. I married Cleo. You know, we moved in after marriage and um, had our babies. And Riley was two years old when her dad died and Chance was seven. So I don't get that. So anyhow, I'm here in a space where... My shared responsibility is solely my responsibility. Emotionally, socially, spiritually, academically, physically, all on me. Even in losing my spouse and my status changed. God has always been right there. He's always been present. It's the Lord's presence that is the single most constant thing that has comforted me. And held me from moment to moment as I parented my daughters. And I'm so thankful that he knew that I needed to be saved in the third grade. Because he knew that I was going to be a single parent 
at 33 years old. So I have made, as I've made tough school choices for my girls, as I compensated my husband's departure from us through admonishing their every wish, as I battled with constant mood shifts and repeatedly explaining to my daughters why I'm sad constantly, why it was tough going places and seeing others with their husbands and dads with their daughters. I remain true in knowing that God was always there, even when in discomforting moments, such as being on a play date with friends and their conversations hung around family activities that included their husbands, their children's father, while my emotions, while I should have been enjoying the moments with my girls, I dreaded being included. I was gripped by grief. And I know that a lot of my mommy friends knew what I needed. They knew that I needed to be surrounded by community and not to be by myself. So the Lord allowed me to be in those spaces and he allowed me to get through within those spaces. And it took going through and feeling my emotions and being honest and true in those spaces to be here mentally, to be present mentally to live purposely and not just exist. I know God has me here for a reason. I know he has my children here for a reason. I know God was and remains present because I'm a, I'm reminded of what the word says in Matthew. I am always with you. I am reminded that he is present because of practical encounters such as a recent experience. This just this past Sunday, my husband's would have been 41 had he lived. So after service, I took a nap and the girls and I went to Tom Lee Park. And because I overslept, it was pretty late. But Riley already knew that we were going to the park. So you know what that means. We got to go. <laughs> it could be 7 p.m. We got to go. Mama, the park doesn't close. So I was nervous. I'm going to be honest because it was getting late in the evening. I think we probably left our home at about 5.30. And um, we got downtown. The girls had a friend and their scooters. And, of course, Chance was trying to get the scooter uh, released, her friend's scooter released. And I said, girl, walk and do that because I'm, you know, I'm already nervous to be here alone and have a male presence. Walk and release that. And so I have to, in those spaces, I have to ground myself and... Just be calm and patient and not to, you know, um, get my kids excited about the situation at hand. So we get downtown to the River Garden and they rode their scooters around and we began to walk to Tom Lee. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, it's going to be so light when we leave here. It's going to be dark when we leave here. But the girls don't care. They're just excited to be down here. They have no idea. I'm scared out of my boots. So, <laughs> so anyway, we're walking. And just so happened, I looked up and saw one of my homeboys. And I said, what are you doing down here? He said, I'm just walking. I said, oh, very good. Walk this way. (laughs) (laughs) So he did. He walked with us and he sat down there with us and we stayed much longer than I'd expected. So that was just a God wing. It was a reminder to me that he is present. That sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's really not. If you're, especially when you're used to a male presence and you feel protected. And so I just thank God for opportunities such as, well, experiences such as that. 
it further reminds me that I'm not in control. Um, so I'm thankful for that experience. And I, w- I will say this. Because he was with us, of course, I said we remain longer. I'm reminded that he remains present because as, at an early age, I was taught for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. This scripture, this scripture has been ingrained within me since I was a third grade girl. As an adult, it shifted from reciting to realizing that it is true. It's what I try to live and it's what I teach my girls to do it afraid, even if your voice shakes. This speaks to living without my spouse. Talk about afraid. Thank God for the word. Another scripture that has carried me, of course, during these last six years, but particularly just throughout life, um, because I believe that so is a man thinketh, so is he. Whatever it is that you think about is what's in your heart and is what you what you act upon. So I realized that I had to shift my thinking because it was grief that when you're fragile, it's easy. You're susceptible to those things that are negative. You escape to that. It seems like you gravitate to that when you're in your weakest moments. So one of the scriptures that I have um, meditated upon, it comes from Philippians chapter four, verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So I had to shift my thinking. Rejoice always is another scripture. And this blesses me. It's First Thessalonians 5.16. I was born 5.16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Even in the midst of the hard things, you want me to rejoice always? Absolutely, because guess what? There is something to rejoice about. I had a hard time getting Chance and Riley. That is something to rejoice about because Chance and Riley are 12 and 8 years old. Give thanks in all circumstances. Absolutely. I walked through the door. I have feet, hands, all of my five senses. That is something to be thankful for. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. I am a believer in the power of prayer. I've always believed in the power of prayer, even when it doesn't look like because I'm trying to control situations, I've always believed in the power of prayer. Another scripture that has blessed me is Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And that is a scripture that my pastor shared with the widows and widowers ministry at our church. Loss is not lost. There is hope even in the midst of despair. There is peace even in the midst of chaos. It's all about perspective and belief and faith. You have to see it before you see it. And so my shift happened. While I am a single parent, I am blessed to be a parent. I am so blessed to be somebody's mama. In October 2019, 
while chatting with a friend, I was reminded of the grace given unto me daily. I remember on several occasions speaking with my friend and the light became brighter. It is through those life conversations that the shift happened. God was present. He didn't realize why he was talking to me. The Lord was using him to help me to get back to a space where I could move forward in life and not be at a standstill and survive, but go from surviving to thriving. God was present and he cared so much. He allowed me to experience and accept release from a dim light. Partially because of those conversations, I regained my sight to live intentionally. When I began to believe that I could live alone, parent alone, I did just that. I had to regulate my mind by counting my blessings. It was in doing so that parenting alone became a privilege to just simply parent. Once I rediscovered the blessings within my gifts, Chance and Riley, I encountered situations that could have defeated me mentally. But my belief and comfort in knowing that God's presence is more powerful and more able to move me past my current single parenting state. It is through his presence and care that my thinking will manifest that which I have been designed to do. And that's to be a wonderful mama and to be the best example. And even in my bad choices, my children act like their mother. They're very curious and they have so many questions. And so I do explain those decisions to them as well in terms of why I did certain things and what I should have done differently. It's about communication. My girls have seen me fail an exam countless times. It is an exam that would have clearly allowed me to fulfill a current career goal. So imagine this. This is real and true, what I'm getting ready to allow you guys to imagine. Your spouse dies. It forces you into single parenthood indefinitely. Six years for me in December. New career path requires an exam. And you have attempted countless times and failed every single time. It's not failure until you quit. I'm not a quitter. Your daughters are grieving. Your girls 30 minutes both ways school commute. Midweek enrichment activities rely solely on me. Oh, the activities are free. Absolutely not. <laughs> Every serious decision about your daughters is solely up to you. Your health is concerning, nothing major, but it's still some things that I need to take care of. But due to priorities that you define as pertinent, you procrastinate. Your daughters are missing the experiences of having daddy. As, and as a single mom, I observe what they feel. And sometimes I can feel what they feel. But the Lord is always there. He's still right there. He's still right there. The Lord has been here every step of the way within my life because just like you have been with your children every step of the way because you care and you want what's best for your children, he cares about me and he wants what's best for me. So he's been right by my side. The Lord remains close to our broken hearts. He will keep you in perfect peace. I believe that. I have had to keep my mind remained on him. He will not put more on me or you or anyone else that's listening that you can bear. And this is the word of God. And since I believe the word of God, my life experiences have shifted me from believing to actually living it. It's one thing for me to be the best speaker ever, 
But it's another thing for me to experience what I've heard. I've been in church all of my life. And so after committing to the ministry and hearing the word that has gone forth, it got to a point where I said, well, Lord, this stuff got to work. You know, <laughs> like nobody's just saying these things just to be saying these things. So in when, when Cleo passed away, and it's not that I wasn't activating my faith. I was dependent on my husband and the Lord, right? But now it is solely dependent upon the Lord and allowing his word to be a living word within my life. And so it has helped me so much throughout my parenting experience. So October 2022, I began substitute teaching as an introduction to re-enter the world of work because I had to develop career confidence in a space, in a workplace setting. I was very nervous. I questioned my expertise. I questioned um, my skill set. I questioned just my ability to deliver I questioned what people, how they viewed me, how professionals would view me. It's like my confidence, my career confidence was stripped because I had been isolated for so long. And so I had to rebuild that strength. So I decided to start substitute teaching because it wasn't mandatory. And early on in my loss, I was, um, I wasn't quick to commit because I wasn't dependable due to, to, to grief, what have you. So January 2023, I began substituting with another district. Late spring, I was offered a permanent position. Knowing that the logistics would not work within our favor, I accepted it because it is in my nature to accept a challenge. I'm up for the challenge 100% of the time. And make it work no matter the commitment. I wrestled with the decision the entire summer of 2023. The commitment included late work hours, 30-minute commute from my daughter's schools, which is 28 minutes from our home. So I calculated 89 miles daily. Nuts, right? I was up for it, though. I was going to do this. The Lord was present. He said, no way, Jose. You are not me. (laughs) You don't have that much strength. (laughs) So as a single mom re-entering the workforce, hoping to find purpose and make impact on the community in every capacity rendered unto me, I did not faint. God allowed me to take a position with a school that is five minutes from my daughter's school, which is suitable for drop off and pick up because of my school's hours. So I was going to commit to a school that was 30 minutes from where my daughter is. The Lord allowed me to commit to a school that is five minutes from where they are. God knows all and he cares. He knew That as a single mom, I would undergo exhaustion and frustration trying to fulfill my purpose and my career and in parenting. Because that's one of the things that I realized I needed to reconnect with. I needed to reconnect with my purpose outside of parenting, which is the best model for my daughters. And that is to develop a strong work ethic. And so I wanted to get back to work. God allowed me to retake my praxis. I had to take a test. Remember I told you I failed the other tests in the other industry countless amounts of times. This time I had to take my praxis. The first time I took it, I passed it on the first attempt in front of my girls who were absolutely proud of me. Currently, I am leading a single mom's university connect group at my church. I serve within the greatest ministry and so does my oldest daughter. I am employed as a full-time professional school counselor. 
We remain steadfast within our nonprofit, founded to impact young men. The Lord cares. He remains present. I'm a believer. I believed all of my life. I won't stop believing. He's brought me too far to leave me. I'm super blessed to be here in 2023. When I just clocked out mentally, I was present. Don't know what happened in 2018, 2019, 2020 in a pandemic. I praise God for just allowing me to be here, standing strong and firmly, being able to parent my daughters. But I think the best gift that I can give them is a present parent. So the Lord has allowed me to re-encounter a great friend. Back in 2012, we worked together. And it was at this moment is when he reminded me of what I've said over the years. I surrender. Have you ever been in a worship service and you say, I surrender, I surrender all. Lord, I surrender all. And then the next day you in control of it all, all over again. (laughs) So I said this so many times. But this time. She sat there at that table. I shared with her my life changes since I hadn't seen her in seven years. And her response to me after I shared all of the things, I spider webbed that thing at the table. I spider, I took her from here, there, and everywhere. And she looked at me. Oh, child. She was like, oh my God. <laughs> she said, the Lord spoke through her. She says to me, you do know you're not in control. Oh, I said, oh. So glad I'm not, because that's a lot. I just told you a lot of things, right? So I'm so glad that I'm not in control, but a peace of mind came over me. The Lord used her, and I've told her that several times since she sat me at that table. I said, you don't, I don't know if you realize that that was the Lord speaking through you. I'm not in control of the thing. And the following week is when the Lord blessed me with the position where I am now. I released control. I was trying to be responsible for my actions and the results in every situation. Talk about high miss. I feel at peace now, though. I feel calm and I'm thankful to remind myself when I'm trying because it's just by nature for me. I'm just going to control all the things, the results I'm going to control. Now, if we do that, that, that and that, then this is going to happen. I'm going to control it all. And so I'm so thankful for the reminder, I'm not in control of this. Release is available. I have truly surrendered all. And I can say that since she said that, as I reflect in my, uh, as I reflect over some situations up to this point, I can say that I've surrendered some things that I otherwise would have tried to control had I not been reminded at that moment. And so I'm thankful that the Lord has my best interests at heart. You know, as I mentioned when introducing her story, wow, she knows God's Word, doesn't she? I mean, you know, just clinging to His promises. And and that really, I am so thankful for God's Word in that when we are going through hard moments, especially when we lose a loved one, that we are able to cling to those promises of not only is God with us, but that we will see them again. And just what she said at the end where she said, I'm just thankful that the Lord has my best interest at heart, that she can still go back to that after what she's walked through. 
And I'll tell you one thing, sweet Cleo, I wish I could have met him. He sounded like such a wonderful man and just so caring and intentional, like she said at the beginning. And so I know, and I think that you probably heard it as well as a listener, you know, there's still a broken heart there. And it's not, it's, you know, when we lose someone, it doesn't mean that our broken heart is gone. It just means that we're able to cling to God and know that he is going to see us through. Kind of with what you just said, she talked so much about the importance of shifting her perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, losing a husband, knowing that you didn't want to be a single parent. There was just so much there that she was like, God, this is not fair. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I prayed for with being a single parent. And having that mind shift to, she said, I have to shift thinking because the grief was so heavy. Mm -hmm. Mm. And just what a way to think when life feels so heavy. It doesn't make it go away, but you can shift your thinking. And she talked about gratitude and giving thanks. And it reminded me of Sarah Beth Hegler's story in episode one, all the way back to our very first episode. Mm -hmm. That was her thing, was giving thanks in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. Well, and for Rakesha, not only by the end of the story, you were hearing the joy in her voice. That's, That's what resonated with me. And you saw the harvest from the seeds that were planted in Bible school. I mean, she said, I was a Bible school girl. Shout out to VBS. Let's go sign up and volunteer today. And I just appreciated that so much. And she said, I'm going to live purposefully. You know, yes, this is suffering. You could hear her suffering, but she said, I'm not just going to exist. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, it was the truth being lived out in her and how sweet of God to give her exactly what she asked for as a little girl. She wanted a love and a marriage and how sweet of him to honor that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and at the end too, you know, talking about living purposefully is this concept of, I loved how she said, you know, here we are, we're singing, I surrender all on Sunday. Right. And then Monday, we're like, okay, give that back now. Right. You know, how often we I can relate to yes, that. What about you? Yes. Like your hands are up in the air on Sunday and then you are pulling everything back towards you Monday morning. But again, you know, just her saying, you know, loss is not loss and there is peace in mm, chaos. That was powerful. And, and then when she said, I believe the word of God, so I can live. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there was a lot of powerful quotes in her story yeah. of, you know, going back, listening to her story again and writing those quotes down. I know that that's what I'm going to do. Well, and she's leading a single mom's connect group. Yes. When she said that at the end, I again, I just wanted to go, you go, Rakesha, <laughs> yes. because how many of us could do that? I, right. I found myself going, if that were me, would I take that next yeah. step to pour into those who are going through similar circumstances. I loved it. I loved how she ended. You know, the whole her whole story really goes, you know, as we're even sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm playing it back in my head that she started out in pretty deep grief. Mm-hmm. And it was like, even in her story, you heard her tone change. That's right. And you heard her voice change. Mm-hmm. It was almost like watching her six-year journey of losing her husband all the way to today of going, it's not perfect every day. Some days are still really hard, but most days... I, she said, well, I'm a single parent. I'm a blessed parent. Mm-hmm. And to, to get that mind shift, even in the 30 minutes that she shared her story, is just so encouraging. If you're out there today walking through a hard time, I hope you find hope in that, in hearing her true grief and also her true joy. And sometimes those just mix. And the challenge to actually sit and be still 
and write out those things that you're thankful for. I think that's such a great exercise for all of us to do in any season of our life. To be able to sit in that gratitude, it does. It completely changes your perspective. We're in the Thanksgiving season. Yes. Listen, there's no shortage of lists on online and on Pinterest to find <laughs> what you're grateful for. That's right. Uh, well, y'all, thank you for listening today. We know that God spoke to your heart in some way that you needed to hear. And so thank you for listening. We ask you to share, make your gratitude list. <laughs> hey, tell us what you're grateful for. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.